All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Journey in Christ podcast with Matt and Lawrence. Uh, new like intro, you know, we're making some like new experimentation for what our audience wants. All five of you. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a big crowd. We've actually gotten like pretty famous lately, you know, autographs on the streets. People are trying to like constantly stop me. Like the pull like paparazzi, the camera is getting pretty crazy lately for my family and I. So yeah. But anyway, today's gonna be like a fruit basket kind of day, kind of a free for all. Or it's kind of just do any kind of verse we feel like from like, the Book of Mormon and let's just go ham. We have like a podcast combined for probably like three weeks. Lawrence got like, kind of cancer and he had to like fix that. He got bald now, but we're back and rolling here. So figuring things out. But that lovely transition, we're going to move right on ahead. Okay, so first thing I kind of liked was the principle of God being like a good teacher for us. So this is for the brother of Jared. And I think God's style of teaching is very interesting because it's not only one-sided. Where sometimes you think you're either like the good cop or like the bad cop for teaching kids or like adults. Whereas in Ether chapter 2, it talks about how the Lord chastised the brother of Jared for three hours the entire time. And you'd think, man, that's kind of rude of the Lord to do that. Like, maybe a little bit too much. But he laid it into him about not trusting him, not calling on his, his name. And the Lord then continued with that uh, chastisement by saying, go to work, basically. But he didn't say to him, do all that work by yourself. Instead, he gave him like some tasks to do, like build this, build that, like the dish, the boats, do it in this manner. But in verse 23, though, he brings up, but wait, you have no light. What are you going to do? And he, he tells them, can't do fire, can't do windows. He basically asked brother of Jared, what will ye that I should do? And it's like a very powerful question the Lord asked us, because obviously the Lord knew that he could have tried this or this, right? He's God. He can do things. He can do miracles. But by bringing it to the table of the brother of Jared, he gave him the freedom to, I didn't do like a few things. Number one was to have revelation from God. He was able to pray and figure out what he should do to make this light work. And then he puts, or he, uh, the brother Jared tells God to use his, his finger and touch these like stones. I think it's very cool that in our life we can tell God, touch this in our life and make like a miracle out of it. And... I guess like a long tangent, sorry. One thought I had too, someone could say, oh, he just got lucky, you know? Like, things happen, what are you gonna do? But like the definition of lucky is when opportunity meets preparation. And had the brother Jared done no spiritual training, no faith, no like actual like learning towards God, that wouldn't have worked. And so I think oftentimes, God gives us all these opportunities to like do things, but because we're not actually there yet, prepared, we let all of, all of them go in that way. So there's probably in our life, all these stones that, that the Lord could touch in our lives, but we don't have them be touched because we're, we're just not quite there yet. Uh, I do, I actually really like that thought just because like, um, I, I do want to mention what, where you mentioned, uh, where it says that J the brother Jared was chastised for like three hours. Um, just because, like, if you think about it, in all the stories of, like, of, of the Book of Mormon, you, you never, like, really hear the Lord really chastising the prophet or, um, a person for, like, not praying, uh, praying to him for, like, three hours, you know what I mean? That's, that's usually unusual. I feel like the brother of Jared was very close to the Lord, it's like, hey, you know, I feel like once you develop that closer relationship enough that, like, I feel like Brother Jared was very close. And so, like, when he, like, like I don't know if he just honestly, instantly just forgot or if there was any pride. I, I don't know. But I feel like it really re reflects that his relationship, like, how close the Brother Jared was with the Lord. 
and it even shows it more when he, like you were saying about, he asked the Lord to touch these stones, and he knew it, 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 he, he could do it, and, it, and he did do it because of his faith. And there was a point where, you know, he, he stopped having faith, or I should say his faith was completed by seeing the hand of the Lord. And he, you know, after seeing the hand, or the finger of the Lord, you know, he eventually the Lord showed himself completely. And, he, you know, his faith was completed, and he was able to actually, you know, know the Lord. So I think that comes to, like, a sense we can come to know the Lord through, like, a process. Like, this wasn't, like... One day, like, the brother Jared just, like, you know, was talking to the Lord. It's like, oh, we need to go travel to to the promised land. And um, and I need you to, to take care of, to get all these people to the promised land. And, you know, and then he tried to figure this, you know, the, the situation about light. This was a process of, like, he... What I'm trying to emphasize is that Brother Jared had to build this relationship. Like, a relationship can't be built in a day. And so that's the whole point of, like, I think, or a, a good principle about uh, the story of, of the Brother Jared is because in our lives, we're at different uh, relationships with, like, with our parents, with our brothers, with our sisters, and even with God and in Jesus Christ. So if we, like, continue to, like, strengthen our relationships with them, we'll be able to, like, actually have a better relationship, but actual better relationship with them, but we actually get to enjoy it more. I agree. If I had to, this would be a copyrighted from Matt Malone. It's <laughs> called the Tears of Faith. Okay. So first tier is at preschool. You're at baptized, you know? Mm -hmm. We always think, like, baptism, like, you've made it kind of, there's, like, the very beginning of, like, your faith journey. Mm -hmm. And then you have middle school and high school and then you have college i think a lot of people for the faith journey they have at their high school graduation think i've like made it you know whereas for, for the whole brother of jared he kept on going and i think for most people if you have like, this massive boat with no light you think oh i like make something that it's like man-made whereas your thought isn't to turn to god for a light whereas if your faith is like a phd level then you've got it going for you. And so I think for the average person, their faith isn't quite there yet. They keep on growing and growing just over time. So I have a question for you. So you were talking about how the preschool and then you, you level up to, you know, you know, high school and then... PhD. PhD, yeah. Level, yeah. Right, yeah. So there's like three tales, right? Or is there like junior, well, junior high kind of thing? Preschool, middle school, oh, okay, high school. High school, okay. Yeah, so associates, bachelors. There's, there's a few, few tiers. Few tiers, okay. But... Your, your faith, you know, like your levels. Because my, my follow-up question was, or the original question I was wanted to ask is that, how would you know what tier of, like, a school you're in? Like, let's say, like, you feel like you're in ele uh, elementary, but you're, you're actually in a tier of, like, high school. Does that make sense? Because, like, sometimes we, we doubt um, a place of where we, where we stand. Like, we could be really further up in the road in our journey uh following jesus christ but we really think we're like we're at like start zero kind of thing we're like at elementary level if that makes sense i think for like your like question if i were like actually in school yeah i would ask at the actual teacher because if you're in class they would tell you like oh you're in ninth grade right now so if you were to pray to god and ask him like where am I at my whole like faith journey? Mm -hmm. I think one maybe key principle though of that thought is if the teacher were to tell you something and you don't write it down or do it, you're not learning. So if, if the teacher were to tell you about this version of like algebra and you don't learn any of it, then you're in class, but you're not actually in class though. So if God gives like this like prompting to call like your friend and you don't do it, are you actually learning, like graduating, like for like your class? Mm -hmm. You can fail like the classes. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you gotta like actually like learn. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I definitely agree with you. I think a lot of people, they're taking the same class over and over again. Like they're in like ninth grade, and they've done like, the same class like like ten times, and they, they, they failed it. And they think that they're actually like growing and learning, but it's only like, their age that's growing. It's not their actual like faith journey. Okay. No, I, I actually understand that. Um, 
I want to share something too. Um, I'm trying to think where I want to take this. Um, I guess I would just want to start with like that. The Book of Mormon has a, a preface of like it's it's really important. Um, I want to take you guys just to before I get into like the Book of Mormon itself. I want to quote uh, uh, a prophet. And his name is Russell M. Nelson, our current prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He says, um, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open, and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of today, of, of that day. Or evils of the day, I should say. My bad. That's what it says. Um, and I, I really thought about this um, a lot. Just because... In the beginning of the of this year, I started reading the Book of Mormon again. And for some reason this year, it, it's been a little bit more special to me. Just because I feel like I've received healing and... And, and growth of spiritual like revelation and I feel like he's uh, I feel like God has been speaking to me more in a sense of like or it's easier for me to hear him more easily and speaking to me more uh, and I feel like as well I'm, I'm, I'm developing a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father because of my effort and my desire to to really study God's word and to actually know God's word and that's the thing uh that I've learned is that Jesus Christ or, or God's word he has the power to heal and his you know and his word is power and that power can heal you so if you you know are diligently studying the scriptures and studying the book of Mormon you, you can receive that blessing of, you know, that, you know, a strength and of security of, of, you know, being immunized of, of the evils of the day. And so I, I really like that. I agree. I think too, for the whole missionary work and proselyting, when you're out on the actual streets, like if you compare our church to the other churches, like Catholic and Methodist and the other ones, like, why are we special? Like, it's because of that. The Book of Mormon, Prophets, Restoration. Because some people say that the spirits or the Bible, which, is our, which are great things, but they're not, like, special to only our church. So, kind of what you were saying, like, it's, like, what drives our conversion and all that. Yeah. Also, to say, like, the Book of Mormon is actually written for us in these days, like, these latter days. Like, the Bible, it talks about in the scriptures... In the Book of Mormon, specifically, I don't remember exactly where. I believe it's in Second Nephi, possibly first. <laughs> um, um, because there's a thing that's saying that there was precious things that were taken from the Bible, and it had the fullness of the gospel. Um, but eventually, it got edited out. It got changed out. They got taken out. Um, so, you know, now we have the Book of Mormon to have the complete fullness of the gospel and so that we can really fully enjoy it. Yes, sir. Um, I do want to say in Second Nephi, verse, um, 33, uh, and it's going to be verse 10. It says... Right here. And it says, And now, my beloved brethren, and also Jew, and all ye ends of the earth, hearken unto these words, and believe in Christ. And if ye believe not in these words, believe in Christ. And if ye shall believe in Christ, ye will believe in these words. For they are, are the words of Christ, and he hath given them unto me, and they teach all men that they should do good. And... You really think about it when you talk when we read the 
Book of Mormon, they really do teach us to do good. Like, and it, it is scripture. Like, if you really think about life, there's a lot of things in this world. There's people, there's pop stars, there's celebrities, there's, you know, um, people that we idolize or consider our heroes. Um, they may... They may support things that aren't, you know, good. And not saying they're bad people, but there's some things that we people that, you know, sometimes support on good things. Not intentionally. Sometimes we just get wrapped up in the social media or we get wrapped up in um, the moment. And sometimes we, we, we stray off into the path. Like sometimes, like for example, like politics. That's a very sensitive subject with people and... People are usually really frustrated because of of beliefs and values they hold dearly, and and people often um, feel that they have to invoke invoke their their beliefs and their their values on on others, um, where we should be. Sharing our, our beliefs and, and values with, with love, and it shouldn't be, you know, uh, with persecution. It, it, we should be, you know, trying to do our best to, to, to love each other and to help each other. And even if we believe in different things, even if we be a family member or a friend, we do our best to, to love that person. And we do our best to, you know, to vote for the right people that we vote. But that's, that's, I don't want to really get into politics, but the whole point is that we sometimes get sidetracked in, in the moment, or we get sidetracked with, you know, with life, and so the Book of Mormon has that power of goodness, and it can transform us. I agree. I think kind of adding to what you've already said with you know, politics and babies having babies and the drugs and... <laughs> Berry claws and the wells dying right now. We need a, a freaking miracle, right? If you look at every prophet in the Book of Mormon, they all had, had miracles. If you look at Nephi miracle with him not dying, the courts were around him and he was saved. If you look at actually, just name me anybody like a little like fun game. Oh, for for a miracle? Name me no no. Just name me like a random person, like a random prophet in the Book of Mormon. Okay. Uh, a pro it has to be a prophet, or can it be a person? Say a person. Okay, person. Okay. Uh, what about... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, it's... Uh, my, my, uh, Nephi, it's Laban's, uh, Laban's right-hand man. Oh, uh, um, Zedekiah? No, um... No, I'm trying to think um, of his name. Ishmael? No, no, no. Oh. It's like, he like, followed them to like, the land. Yeah, yeah, he like, followed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh... What's his name? I don't know why I'm, I'm drawing. Well, I know you're saying though. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry, I couldn't give you his name. But, but you think about this: about. the miracle of his like conversion. Because there's like some sort of um scripture, how if you compare miracle to miracle, mm -hmm. somebody's life being converted and saved is, is worth way more than like bring them back to like life, because back to life is only for this temporal world. Or if you convert somebody, that's a miracle because you're saving their entire, or it's not a word, their entire like exaltation. Mm -hmm. And so, with that kind of footnote, there's a scripture Mormon Mormon nine talks about miracles. Basically, it's saying, where are they? Because if God doesn't change and he and he promised us miracles in the past. Where are they like today? Because our current world, you don't see like miracles anymore, really. That's what their kind of point was. And then it goes on in verse 19. Behold, I say unto you, he changeth not. If so, he would cease to be a God. And if he ceaseth not to be a God, and is God of miracles, and is a God of miracles. And the reason why he ceaseth to do miracles among the children of men is because they have dwindled in unbelief and depart from the right way and know not the God in whom they should trust. And this is probably the biggest verse I've been trying to like dissect this because we read this this next verse so fast and just kind of skim through it mm -hmm. when it really is almost the keystone of our entire lives if you think about it. 
It says, verse 21, Behold, I say unto you, that whosoever believeth in Christ, doubting nothing, whatsoever he shall ask the Father in the name of Christ, it shall be granted him, and this promise is unto all, even until the ends of the earth. Now, you guys kind of skim through that, but you just realize he's promised the ultimate cheat code. Like, if you want the perfect uh, relationship or perfect career or you want this or this in your life, God is the answer. And he's basically saying if you believe in God 100% and it's like a good like, desire for you, God can make it happen. And so... What are your thoughts on this principle, Lawrence? Because obviously, you can't just be like, I want to be a billionaire, miracle, you know, grants it my way, and then God does that. But like, if in your opinion, how how do you like break down miracles and how do you get them? Um, that's actually a really good question. I, I as I, as you were speaking, uh, I was listening, and as a thought came to me, and. I wish that I knew the exact words, but President Russell M. Nelson, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, he said this, like, we should be expecting more miracles, and God will be, be performing those miracles. But I feel like most people these days doubt that miracles can happen, so they don't expect it. They don't look for it. And like, like, like it said in the scripture, if you're not looking, if you're not seeking for a miracle, how is it supposed to not happen? I mean, you do have to do your part in having faith and where, where God commands you, you know, if you need to, you know, for example, like Nephi, he was asked to give, to get his genealogy to brass plates, you know, it contains his genealogy, and so he says, he commanded, so he commanded Lehi, and Lehi told him, he's like, you need to go, because God commanded Lehi to, to, to send his children to go get the plates. Yeah. And... So, the miracle part, well, he, 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 he doesn't get the plates right away. He fails a couple of times. He goes to Laban saying, can you give us the plates? And then he's like, no, I won't. And then he chases them, them out and tried to, you know, tried to kill them. And then the second time he's like, okay, we have riches. We'll try to buy the plates. And then he shows the, he shows the riches onto Laban and he fails again. And... Like, they tried, it's like, all right, let's go home. Laman, Laman and Lemuel says, like, hey, let's go home. We, we did our best. Uh, that's it. But, like, Nephi's like, no. Um, we got to get these plates. This is what God commanded us to do. And so, um, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but he, he does go get the plates. And the miracle thing is, he didn't know how to get them. But God created a path, a miracle for him to receive that plates. I like that. And that's that's a part of our lives. Like, there's going to be moments in our lives, if we're not seeking it, and if we don't follow those promptings, promptings, and if we don't follow that commandment, even if we try and if we fail, keep on trying until God prefer, pre gives you that way or prepares that way for you so you can actually perform that miracle or perform that commandment. I agree. Well, if we were to try, like, like, you find the terms here. So like miracle, it's kind of broad. Like what's it even mean? I'll be just said, very lucky. Very lucky. That could be like a term for it, like the worldly definition of like a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like if there was manna raining down from the sky, that's kind of lucky, that's kind of weird, but it's nice, you know? And kind of if I had for the Nephi thing, like someone could be like, oh yeah, Laban just happens to be drunk on the ground like a sword in his... Like, that's like kind of lucky. That's kind of cool. Or his servant just happens to want to come with them. Or they just happen to find out everything. Like, Ray just happens to get like an angel. Ray just happened to build like an entire boat. And so I think often for miracles, we almost kind of box Christ. Like a little box saying... You can do like your own miracle if it's in this way. Whereas what if I pray to God and said, hey, I want this dream career, X, right? And then nothing happens. But yesterday I was driving my car and I could have died, but God saved my life and I just didn't know about it, right? Like he's for some reason, I like changed lanes. And I just had no idea that he had saved me. 
that's still a miracle, even though I did have like no idea it even like, happened, right? Mm-hmm. I think God's version of luck and miracles isn't boxed in our own perceptions of what a miracle should be. And so kind of what I said before about miracle being kind of luck, if you want miracles, you got to be like, prepared to like, receive that miracle. Like, for example, if you're praying for a dream career and someone calls you out of the blue, but you don't have the right skills, then you waste an like, entire miracle, basically. Like, God kind of handed you like, like, a plate. Mm-hmm. So, kind of what I'm thinking for miracles. I like that. Um, how I would define it is that a miracle is something that God gives you as a gift. It's not something that you earn. It's a, it's a gift. So, like, for example... Like, there's been many times, like, the woman that touches uh, Jesus, cloth, Jesus Christ, his, his hem of his clothes, right? And she's healed because Jesus Christ gave that gift, that miracle gift, to her, to her, to, for her to be healed. Well, even then, though, she had to do, like, the work. So, let's say for the miracle, it was touching his cloak or believing in Christ, right? Yeah. Had she not been there about that exact time and moment... It wouldn't have, have like happened so i think there's lots of miracles around our life that are like ready for us like mm-hmm. to your point like, like a gift we have to like still grab the gift yeah we have to receive it like yeah we have to like go and get it because like what he says is like thy faith has made thee whole so like, yeah and, and there's just like multiple there's multiple experiences where miracles will happen i feel like that we can receive those miracles if like like i said earlier if we're seeking those those miracles it's like, for example, if we're not seeking um, help, we're not going to find help. So if we're not seeking joy, we're not going to find joy. If we're seeking money, yeah, we'll find money, but we can be miserable. Or if we're, if we're seeking, like, a job, you may find a job, and that'd be great. But if you're not seeking the things that are aligned to your values, or if you're not seeking the things that you'd be, need to be needing to seek, you're not going to find those. It's like, seek, and you shall find, and it yeah. shall be, open, or be given to you. That's what it says in the scriptures. Yeah. So as long as we, we continue to seek and well it's not just seeking but it's seeking with God. It's that we're allowing God to be in our life and we're allowing him to be a part of this process of seeking this miracle or seeking to know whether to get a, a job at, you know, a different place or maybe whether to move to a different location. Yeah. I think I'd almost say too the term miracle it probably happens if you're a faithful member that the spirit on your side, probably like every week. You don't know what's happening. There's probably miracles that are happening in your life every week. And I'd almost argue too that you can't live life without miracles. Like our current, if, if you were to take our inputs and outputs, like what you put in, what you get out, we need miracles. Otherwise, all of this would not be possible at all without God's help. I actually like that. I, I as you were speaking, I, re- I remember a scripture. Um, it's in the Book of Mormon, and I wish I, I knew where it was at the moment. <laughs> but it says that faith without works is dead. And it's Alma seven two one. Two Alma two seven. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> Funny. I think it's. I don't remember where. But um, um, but the thing is, is that it also says miracles. Are does not faith is not faith miracles uh, faith is the uh, the cause of miracles miracles doesn't cause faith it, it doesn't say exactly that words but it's I'm, I'm paraphrasing I wish I knew the scripture where the result of our faith the result of our faith is miracles so yes there there has to be work I mean it's not something um, there is also grace so there is definitely a, a balance I feel like it's like what Matt says. It's it's a balance of like there are moments where we receive a miracle by grace, and then there would be times when we see miracle by faith. Yeah. Plus, God's done this before. Like, you're special now. Like you're great. Like pat on the back. Like good for you. But he's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Moses, and he's done this before. He's done miracles, and he can do it like again for your life. I think in our current tech world and fast cars and fast food, everything, we think we can almost circumvent God and do like our own way. But 
God's always been through the method of like miracles to like achieve things in our life. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I like what you said though of looking for miracles. Like if you think that I worship like a God of miracles, that's what God does, then it's not even, cause you know how you pray in the name of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. Like you don't earn like a miracle. Like miracles are by the gift and grace of God, mm -hmm. but still we worship Christ who then he is worthy of the miracle. He's kind of like a sponsor for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely like that because like, I like what you're saying earlier that we should, you know, look for uh, these miracles because he's a God of miracles. Because I feel like, you know how like we, we uh, often like, I'm trying to think of a good example. There was times like we, we would be seeking Actually, I was going to say seeking. Sometimes we expect things to happen, but we don't actually put the effort to seek it, or we don't put effort in seeking it. So we would say, for example, let's say I I do, let's say I do service for my neighbor. I mow their lawn, right? And I expect a a let's say I expect. That God will give me, uh, you know, the, like, let's say I expect, you know, God to give me a, a, a job now. Like, let's say I'm looking for a job, and now I'm expecting that. So, the whole thing is, you can't pick, like, you can't do one good and then ex pick the reward. You can't pick your rewards. Picking your reward is not the same thing as receiving a miracle. We've explained that, that. You, you can do good, but God is not a, a cosmic vending machine. It's not like you can, you know, all right, if I do, if I do service or if I, you know, read his word or study his word, uh, I can, you know, choose, choose my reward. You know, it's more of like you do good, you get closer to God and God will bless you with the blessings he desires for you. And he has prepared for you and he, he will seek those miracles. Yes. I think for a small transition, for like a footnote talk a lot about miracles and i like patterns a lot if you look at the whole book of mormon there's a lot of patterns for like do this don't do that and you look at the people of the nephites a lot of times they're enslaved or they're captive by their enemies and they can't do anything and often it's not always the case but if you're in bondage and you can't move around your freedom to worship god and have miracles is not in the same level but I feel like probably the first key to being able to get miracles and like love God is like remove Satan's influence from your life. But there's like a quote from Elder Bednar. He was saying, all the time, members ask me, Holy Ghost, how do I feel all the time? How do I know if I have it with me at that given moment, right? Mm -hmm. And his response was, quit worrying about it. Like you always, as long as you're being, his, his quote is a good boy, like a good girl as long as you're doing that you're keeping the commandments you're being a good boy or a girl then you're fine what you should focus on though is when are you doing things that are bad like when are you doing things that would make you lose a spirit and the examples for like missionaries because missionaries at least when i was out on the mission you don't always feel this warm fuzzy glow in the ball sun exploding out like your butt kind of spiritual experience right there's sometimes the work is boring it's long but the spirit's still with you because you're doing the right things you're being a good boy but if you do the wrong thing then you'll lose that spirit now this big segue was for second nephi 32 verse 3 and it's angels speak by the power of the holy ghost wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore, I say unto you, based upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. Now, if you're not even following Christ or talking to angels or being a good boy, then <laughs> angels aren't going to be around your territory. Like, if you're in some sort of bar, I thought, where they hang, hang out, you know? So, I would first say to get the miracle part going in your life, you got to first. Kind of clean boat. Is that the clean ship? What's the term? Clean what? 
for clean, clean the devils out of your soul. Clean, clean them out. Oh, clean out. Rinse them out with like a little like cloth. Okay. Squeeze them out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The de- devils. So I would say first is take it out, and then you can access God from that point. Yeah, just be squeaky clean. I guess that. That's pretty yeah, and not like an paranoid like having like, anxiety all the time. But it's being good. Like mm-hmm. you can honestly tell usually mm-hmm. where you're at. Yeah. Spiritual wise. Yeah. I, I really like that you said that. I, I'm. There's a scripture that I read earlier today, and I, I know it's in Nephi. It's either in 17. It, I think it's in 17. Um, it's where Laman and Lemuel, they're upset with uh, with Nephi, and because he says like, you can't build a ship. You're crazy. Um. And, um, and, and he's, and they started like, uh, when he when his brother started saying that, his, 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 Nephi started getting, getting sad. And kind of what, what you were saying earlier, there's, Nephi was a righteous man. There's, there's going to be moments where he, he was sad and he even stated he was sad. And that's the part of life. If, you know, there's going to be times you're going to feel the Holy Spirit and there's times you're going to be sad and there's going to be times you're going to be angry and there's going to be times you're going to be very happy. So, um... Don't feel like that life is meant to be stuck unhappy. Yeah. I think, too, for the whole, like, friend thing, if you're constantly surrounded by, let's say you tell, like, your friends, I'm getting married in the temple, and they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. Like, they just kind of throwing you down all the time. You like the, you like the layman's in your life, lemons in your life, constantly pushing you down. It's harder. Like, if all of your friends drink, you're more likely to drink. But I think... If your best friend is Christ, if you're constantly talking to him, I had this thought actually. It says, uh, counsel the Lord in all you're doing. So at work, at school, when you're traveling, when you're at church, like you should be talking to God constantly. He should be like your best friend. And because he's your best friend, he is always like your kind of inside ear for like your goals, aspirations, your miracles. That he can then funnel through his grace and power to save you. In that way. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to go back to what I'm saying just because, like, there's a... Uh, I wish I could... Let's see if I find it. But there's this, a verse where it talks about how um, Nephi... Nephi explains to his brothers, like, you've seen an angel. And you should, you know, know that, you know, that this is the work of, of God. You know, like, he's just... He's just he's telling, he tells him, like, the story about Moses. It's like, of, of, the, of his fathers, you know... Um, as his forefathers really about how like Moses was you know leading his the children of Israel out of Egypt and you know he, and he performed you know the miracle of cross the Red Sea he, he, he parted it and even then the the armies of e- Egypt were chasing the the Israelites and they were swept up in the the, the Red Sea because they were chasing the Israelites and and the thing is, is that I wanted to point out, is that seeing is not, seeing is not believing. And so, what I want to emphasize is this, is like, if you saw an angel today, that's not going to help you be more converted to Jesus Christ. It's not going to help your conversion with God. Seeing angels as, as, does not influence your conversion. And you can see that in Laman and Lemuel. And I wish I could uh, find that verse um, specifically. I know I'm close to it. But if you think about it, because many people think like, oh, if I see that angel or if, you know, if, you know, or if I see Jesus Christ or if I see God, um, then I will be loyal. In all honesty, you, you wouldn't be loyal because if you were in the presence of a holy being, like an angel or... Or Jesus Christ or God, would you ask them for help? Like, probably. Like, yeah. oh, you, you may. I don't know. Like, you may feel unworthy. What I'm saying, you may feel unworthy of. You may. It depends on your relationship. Does that make sense? Like, it, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and with Heavenly Father, you. You you're in a in a boat in a, in a place where like. You won't go anywhere if you just expect to see. Like, if you see Jesus Christ, you're not going to start following him just because you see him. Like, 
just like Lemon Lemon, he, he saw he, he, they saw an angel. I mean, that yes, they did you know get the plates, but you know they 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 straight away they you know they didn't continue. They they murmured and complained and they tried to kill Nephi multiple times and yeah. and their father. So it's you know it, it just shows you that just because you you see an angel doesn't that's not does that 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 experience does not sh- um mean you you're committed to Jesus Christ or to God. Yeah. So like. That's cool. You can see an angel. Uh, my emphasis is that seeing God or angels or whatever be. If you think about the witnesses, you know they, you know they fell away from the church. There's whole witnesses, and the thing is, I mean, the whole point of being converted is developing a relationship with Jesus Christ and and having the Holy Spirit with you so that you can have that conversion and have that happen. I think the key topic for me right now, I guess, is prepare for a miracle. Because for your point, the angel, Laman, Lemuel, they weren't ready at all for the angel. And so it didn't change them. Because whereas I think if you or I were to see an angel, it wouldn't change anything for us. It would be kind of nice. Like, cherry on the top. Yeah. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, I think for like Jesus Christ, when he was doing the whole like, Garden of, of Gethsemane, the angel was kind of cool. Like, it was comforting to him. So I think, prepare for miracles. I almost see God as this amazing, generous being who gives miracles to everybody. I don't think that miracles are only given to Mormons or to believers. I think God, in His loving grace, gives miracles to every person on the earth, right? It's like a free present. It's not always, but it's like a, it's like occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the question, are you, are you prepared for a miracle? Like, if God gave you a miracle tomorrow, are you ready for it? Or you'd be like, let me, let me all see the angel, but think, oh, you know, whatever, I guess. Yeah. And, and I don't want to discourage people in saying, like, angels are bad or anything. Like, angels can, you know, give you blessings you. And, yeah. and messages and give you, like, you know, divine message from God. I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, angels cannot convert you to, to yeah. God and Jesus Christ. Because even for Alma the Younger, his main focus for his, like, sons was on his conversion. Because he had seen, like, an angel, too. But for his story, for his sons, it's mostly on his conversion, not the angel. That's very true. I really like how you pointed out, like, he, he got, he got, um, he got struck, you know, he was struck dumb, he couldn't speak, and then he, he, he was in sleep. He was in a comatose, you know? And... He remembers being in he's, he's, he's being in this hell, and he just you know remembering all this you know fault and sin, and, and, and he didn't like it. And it wasn't the the angel, but that you know it wasn't the angel that did it. It was his you know all this sin and, and, and you know filthiness that he had. He didn't like it. He wanted to escape, and he's like, "What am I supposed to do?" He felt trapped. Yeah, and that's why it felt like hell. He didn't know what to do. He had all this guilt built up, and he just it was so terrible. And then he remembered what his father said. Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, can, can redeem him. And he had hope. And that what changed him. It was something that he was taught from young. He remembered that, oh, Jesus Christ, my Redeemer, can save me. And that's what really converted yeah. Alma, the younger. I think, too, about like Christmas, right? You all want to get the cool tablets, the ice cream, whatever you want. I think... For friends, right? You gave them that perfect gift. What if you gave the friend like a miracle? Think about Alma's dad, Alma the senior. He prayed for a miracle for his son, like the ultimate gift. Like imagine you praying for a friend for a miracle to happen in their life. Now, obviously, you can't force anything on them. There's still agency, but you're praying for that miracle to come into their life, and it's then their choice to take it or not. So. How cool that our culture of like Christianity and the church and God's grace, there's miracles everywhere. It's like so like prosperous here. We said this like grab them. They're like everywhere in our lives. Yeah, I actually want to comment with something that you said earlier. Is that um, miracles can happen every day. It's just that we don't seek them every day, and we don't we're not using our faith every day to to have that result, and so. That's where why we're not seeing miracles every day is that we're not seeking them and then we're not using our, our faith um, to have those miracles every day. Yeah. And not saying like, you know, 
I actually can't really say, but that's really God's hand, you know. I, the miracles that He has, He can give you. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that God can give you miracles every day, and I don't exactly know what kind of miracles He has prepared for all of us. I feel like what Matt was saying earlier is that there's miracles prepared for us, but are we going to receive it, you know? I think it's cool, too, is how selfless God is. Like, God isn't the guy that's like, hey, that TV came from me, just so you know. God's a guy that drops like a big bag at your front door. There's no name on it. You have no idea where this like, package came from. It's just like leaves, nothing. And so, so many miracles, God doesn't even care about it. It's like his credit. Because I thought about this actually today. All good is from God, right? Every good feeling, peace is created from God. So if you think about it, everyone believes in God because they believe in good. But God isn't over here, you know, asking everybody to give him the credit. Like he's just kind of chilling. Just kind of there, vibing. And his cloud of like celestial is. Yeah, yeah. You like merch for the podcast. We're going to call it celestial clouds of celestial is. New words we're making for the podcast. Uh, merch wait. guys, half off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, miracles. Miracles Miracle town. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I do want to share this with you. Um, for the, it's, it's in First Nephi. And it's in chapter 6, verse 4. Okay. And it says this. Okay. Uh, whoops. Passed it. Sorry. It says, For the fullness of mine intent is that I may persuade men to come unto God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and be saved. So this is Nephi saying that as he was writing the, the, the smaller plates and the bigger plates that he um, he made. You know, he has the brass plates, but he also made some plates. Um, as he was writing that this was his intent, that they that we would, that people of the future generation, even, you know, you know when, as he was writing this, that they would come unto God and that we would be persuaded fully to, to come unto God. Yeah. And be saved. And, um, I do want to say this, as I, I remember now, um, something, uh, Matt doesn't know about me is that, maybe I already told him, um, so when I was, you know, raised in, the, or, as I was learning about church from a young age, <clears throat> uh, I, I got baptized, and I honestly can say that Growing up, I, I really didn't, I'd never, my first time reading the full book of Mormon would be like, I would say like, would be at the like 18 or 19 just before I went on my mission. Like, that was like, I had to like, that's something that I, like, I had to like, for me, like, for me, if I wanted to go on a mission, it was not, this is, um, for me, like, personally, I, I required myself that I wanted to f fully read the book of Mormon. Um... I honestly can say that I don't think there's a, a moment in my life where God has actually, like, uh, given me a witness that the whole Book of Mormon is true, but he's actually definitely testified um, truths to me in the Book of Mormon. I, I do believe it's true, um, but I, I can honestly say just because I I haven't received the witness of knowing that the Book of Mormon is true, but I do definitely believe it. And I, I do believe it enough that it is true. And I think that we should always hold on to our beliefs but just because our beliefs will lead us to greater light. If there's a scripture that says in the Book of Mormon, um, I think it's in 2nd Nephi, maybe it's in 1st, I think it's in 2nd, um, that, you know, God will bless us. As you let it grow, God will bless us, you know, with further light, and it talks about he will bless us with the mysteries of God as we continue to keep his commandments and continue to, you know, to follow him. And so if you may not know certain things about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's okay. 
because you can you can believe and that use that belief and you know don't doubt your belief hold on to that belief and as you know if you have a question of doubt you know it's okay to have questions of doubt but don't don't sacrifice your beliefs because you have these questions of doubt you know hold on to your beliefs until you can uh get clear answer clear answers to these these questions of doubt you have yeah i like the here's the analogy lawrence Okay. <laughs> you're a farmer okay right? yeah yeah 30 cows got chickens yeah you're walking one they see there's a blue hen in that what the heck's that thing doing yeah so you think i'm gonna burn down my entire barn i'm gonna kill all the cows no you take out the blue hen you examine him give a little bit of shaking and to your point though you keep the whole barn you don't let it all go and i've seen a lot of like my friends they get one uh, testimony thing happened like that point of doctrine or this and they burned down their entire testimony but you gotta keep the barn going you gotta milk those cows you gotta keep on going so that's what i would say i think too you know just keep adding like if you're at the point of the church might not be true but god definitely is true start there like have like your blocks like you build slowly you don't have to have like a full farm all at once you build the animals one at a time you know yeah so that'd be my advice i think i think too at least for me was kind of mirroring other people well there's like a talk from elder hall when he said if you don't believe in yourself or your testimony lean on mine and so i was like okay like cool person he has cool values i'll kind of lean on his testimony for right now until i have my own stuff going for me you know yeah it's like barn like a cow you know, you yeah. milk it. You share the cow. You yeah. share, 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 share the love. Yeah, share the love. Share the love. Share that milk. Share, the, share those new, eggs with those chickens. Yeah. <laughs> new merch shirt, guys. Share that cow. Share that like, cow. Come on, milk it. Get, get that milk going. Yeah, share that chicken. Give but it some of I think we're about to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen. But hopefully, it's been more focused today on miracles. But just know that things are true. The Book of Mormon is true. God is true. God loves you. And... Things work out. I think all in all, light beats darkness, miracles. If you expect them constantly, you'll find them. As long as you're being a good boy or a good girl, you'll figure things out. Any other thoughts, Lawrence? Uh, no, I actually, yeah. Um, I really liked your your, 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 your analogy which is because like, I think it really does um, emphasize the point of, you know, don't... Don't get rid of all your, your your good gifts and all the good cows. Yeah. All the good cows yeah, or all the, the good cows. chickens. You know, yeah. don't get rid of all the good blessings or all the good fruit that you have just because one doubt or two that comes your way. The blue hen. The blue hen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that guy talks a lot. I know, man. All right. Well, that that's my thoughts are so. Yeah. Well, we were almost at the whole hour mark. We weren't quite there, but pretty close. But have an amazing day, you guys, and keep crushing it.